You're listening to The Cynic Weekly. If you enjoy our weekly podcast, you might be interested in finding out how to access even more Cynic content. By signing up for a full Cynic subscription at thecynic.co, you'll have access to Celtic-related podcasts throughout the week. For a monthly fee, you get access to a range of podcasts covering your favourite football club. We cover a range of topics from news and current events to the history of the club, analysis of games, player profiles, coverage of the women's team, quizzes and much more. We have our own app or you can download your private RSS link to podcast players. You can also access content via our website so you can listen in the way that works for you. To find out more, visit thecynic.co or email info at thecynic.co. We pride ourselves in being an independent platform. You won't be bothered by any outside advertising or folk trying to sell you stuff and you can cancel your subscription at any time. Thank you so much for listening to and supporting The Cynic. Hello and welcome to the Cynic Weekly on Thursday, the 9th of March, 2023. I am your stand-in host, Barry Gallagher, and I'm joined by the usual stalwarts, Alan Edgar. Alan, how are you? I'm good, mate. It's lovely to have a changing host, professional entry there. Lovely. I enjoyed it. It's well. <laughs> and also, as always, Christopher Samani. How are you? Magic, mate. Delighted that you're hosting. I mean... Um... We've only changed half the name, obviously we've got another Gallagher here, but this is refreshing, and I think it'll be refreshing for the listeners of the podcast, so looking forward to this, mate. Thank you very much. So, how has everyone since last week? Anything been happening, Alan, in your life? Oh, good, mate. Just, um, I was at the game <laughs> I was at the game last night, I always give these, I think people are starting to get critical of my managerial responses to this, <laughs> but um, no, all good. I was at the game last night, I had a couple of beers beforehand with a couple of mates, so... Aye, all good, all good. Oh, no, where am I? That's no good enough. I think we need to give everybody a wee insight to the private life of Alan Edgar. You like a bit of a late night shop. Big shop on a Thursday, <laughs> don't you, mate? Big shop, right after recording on a Thursday night. It's a highlight of the week, yeah. Location uh, not to be revealed. <laughs> if a little helps. <laughs> Very good. So, Manny, what about you? Having a good week? Aye, big shop still to be done, mate. Location, um... I can't even remember the tagline for Morrison, so, uh, but uh, I'll be doing that soon. Uh, week's been alright, busy at work, um, was at the game last night, um, which we'll talk about soon, but aye, all, all good mate. What about you? What about aye, you mate? good, busy at week, uh, busy at work, sorry, um, no strike day this week, so it feels a bit unusual to have to complete a full a full week's work, but um, oh, there'll be people going after them not hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> soon be the holidays. <laughs> But no, I thought it was nice to have a midweek game back. It feels like a while since since we've had that. Um, yeah. And aye, what a what a game it was, and what a big week we've got ahead of us. So we'll get right into it. I, I don't know if you did the same last night. I had so many people say to me, "Oh, it's going to be really, really cold. It's going to be freezing." So I had so many layers on. I got there. I don't know if it's because obviously I walked really high up. It's absolutely fine. Yeah. I didn't feel really that cold until I came out. I felt was layered up and. Uh, uh, I could have been doing me losing a few, to be honest, but it's, it's uncouth to undress at Parkhead. Unless <laughs> yeah, you scored a goal, of course. I doubled up in the socks, um, normal amount of layers, and I was just nice. Mm-hmm. So I think you may be overshot it. Oh, I mean, many layers are you talking here? About 100%. half a dozen or something? I had a really kind of 
short sleeve t-shirt on then a long sleeve jumper um, but it was quite uh, it was like a thermal t-shirt and then like a big jacket hat are we talking joy for friends levels here no 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 <laughs> I had a layer less than that <laughs> see the whole um, I know this is sort of dancing around the issue before we get into the game but see the double socks that's something I used to be a, a sort of person who would do that but mm. was it not Marcus who said it's actually not that good for you <laughs> I feel like I want to both shut this conversation down and also hear the rationale for why that's bad for you. I think something to do with circulation or something like that, or it's not good because because socks up the I don't know where we're going with this. But because you aren't creating proper layers because they're so close together. Mm. Something we can the listeners can send in if any of them know that. Mm. But, I will aye. count on that with uh, the fact that my feet were warmer. There so, we go, that's a test. <laughs> maybe, maybe return to this one on another yes. podcast. Sockgate. Sockgate. Let's get pre-season written all over at this discussion. <laughs> International <laughs> week here. <laughs> so let's get straight into the game then. So what were your, what were your feelings before going into the game and um, how did it transpire? Um, I was pretty confident getting into it. I think it's always, I don't know if yous are the same, see when you get these back-to-back games... Especially when it's against one of the kind of better teams, if it's, I was about to say St Mirren back to back, but that's maybe not a good example this season. But when you're playing Hearts back to back, it's it's always tricky because it then you wonder should you change it, should you just go for it, or should you, you know, the cup potentially could be a bigger game for us. It's certainly a bigger game for them, so I think that makes you wonder a wee bit. So I don't know. I felt confident getting into it, but. It does feel a wee bit just like half time in the week, really. Aye, um, which is, if we were playing someone else in the cup, then you would put it away. But you don't want to be too comfortable, gloat too much or enjoy it too much. Because really, Saturday is kind of the bigger game. Uh, mm. I think a knockout game is always different. But it just does feel a wee bit different. So it is very much half time for me. I think it's difficult because I was kind of thinking that yesterday, like... It's a sort of doomsday scenarios. I know you love scenarios, Alan. But uh, not, which one not would you, doomsday scenarios. <laughs> which one would you rather lose? And obviously, that's not something you would like to consider. Mm. But I, I was trying to think how the how Ange and the, the players would sort of prioritise. And it does seem as soon as you saw the team come out, Samari, um, it did kind of seem that we were prioritising Saturday. Um, I was pretty shocked when I saw the, the amount of changes. Yeah, I mean, he'd, I think he'd said that he was going to change things up, but I don't know if it was, I think it was the fullbacks for me. The fullbacks, I think our squad's strong enough that he could have made changes legitimately. Um, well, I suppose they were legitimate changes, but he could have made them without compromising the team or the appearance that he was kind of, some of them, I've gone round on a tangent here. Yeah. He could have made changes without it appearing as if he was prioritising yeah, the game of the it, weekend. Yeah. But he when I seen that it was Burnaby and Ralston, I thought, hmm, this does seem as if you're really kind of putting your eggs in the basket for Saturday. And I suppose we'll come and maybe talk about the game um, itself in a minute, but I think I think the weakness that we've got there in terms of the first two starters was pretty apparent last night. Yep. Um, obviously, it, it didn't matter in the end up, but when he did that, I thought, you've maybe made one too many changes here. Now, the changes that we've made in past and other games, you know, it's not really cost us. But I'm not afraid to admit that at one point I thought that I think I think you've maybe overshot a wee bit here in terms of kind of freshening it up. Yeah, I think I think just the thing on that is 
I'll maybe taking a flesh that out, but that he brought in two guys who hadn't played in such a long time. Aye. It wasn't Awata, <clears throat> Haksibanovich, and yeah. you know, that wasn't it was bringing two guys in in defence, which we I think we have all kind of thought we might just actually see the same team largely Aye. week on week. But he changed two guys. I think Ralston hadn't played since December as well. So I think that's the thing, it's a wee bit unusual. Um I mean it has worked out well. Obviously we've now got two fresher fullbacks, hopefully for Saturday. But I think the fact that it's Wednesday into Saturday morning and sometimes when you think midweek into weekend, you immediately think, oh, that's fine, you've got, what, three days? It's Wednesday night into Saturday morning. That really is, you've got, you'll be off the Thursday, or generally you would be off the next day, but the players will be in for recovery, and then you've got one day. Aye. So mm-hmm. it is a really, really tight time frame. So, I mean, it's easy to say it now, yeah, I think there'd have been changes if you'd asked me on Tuesday. I'd have probably thought maybe one or two, and it would have been a Wata Haksibanovic. Yeah. To bring in two guys that haven't played in that long, I think is quite interesting. So that's maybe the... yeah. I was kind of thinking, because see if you think back to very early in the season, we did tend to do that quite a bit, um, changing the fullbacks. Because I remember seeing the was it 6-1 game against Hibs. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we had Ralston and Burnaby. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems a, a million miles away, a million years away from yeah. now. And I also think, I don't know if you guys agree with this, but I think it shows how much the team's come on since then. Because I think Ralston was great for his last year and... But almost feel that the team's developed so much that he's got a lot of catching up to do. And that might be unfair because he has been injured. But I just... Because there has been a bit of debate about our ways. I think we're definitely f- further down the line than we were last season. And I know that Gallard maybe said this season hasn't maybe been as exciting because it's not the the, the sort of newness of mm. the team. Mm. But I think last night showed um, particularly how are the teams come on since those, even since like October, November, when we were dropping the fullbacks on and out? Yeah, I mean, to go back to the, the point you make about Ralston and, and maybe not having kept up with the team, that, that might be true, but he also strikes me as a guy who really needs to be in and around yeah. the action. You know, you know, he's not played since December, obviously that's because of injury, but for most of the piece when Ange has been here, he's never really been first choice unless it was absolute necessity. But he's still got game time. He's still been brought into games where we know that, you know, his attributes are going to be able to kind of carry us through. He's just kind of come in cold, you know. And I mean, we make plenty, you know, the fact that we can make five substitutions, there is there is kind of avenues now to kind of ease guys like Ralston back into it. But he didn't really do, do that. He just kind of came in from the cold. Um, and the same goes with Burnaby. I mean, I can't remember the last time he played before last night. The last one I can remember, it might not have been his last one, but see the the semi-final uh, against Kilmarnock. Mm-hmm. remember mm. it. Pretty rough night that night. Yeah. Um, so we're going back a bit for both of them in terms right, of, a, a couple a, of, months of game of time. And Burnaby, he's not really covered himself. He's, he's looked exactly... You know, like what I think what a lot of thought we were getting. He looks like a, a, a guy who's come to a new country. He's young. He's still developing. And he's pretty raw, isn't he? I mean, at the start of the game, that first half, I thought he was either going to give a goal away or get sent off. Yeah. See, as the games go on, and I think this is common in his performances, he settles in. Mm-hmm. But it's probably too late. <laughs> 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 but he definitely settles in. So I don't know if that's a confidence thing or anything like that. But certainly bringing the two of them in, Ralston obviously had a major part in, in the Hearts goal, and Burnaby for me just... I haven't seen the foul back, I've seen the foul at the game, yeah. but at one point for me it just looked as if you're going to do something mad here, 
and the fact that we avoided that is a wee bonus. Definitely. I watched that watched the highlights back today. Um and the I had seen a lot of people say like, it was a really bad tackle. I don't think it was a red card. Like I don't think it was anywhere near a red card to be honest. There's no force in it. And I think that's what it looks bad if you show a still, but he's not putting any actual force in the tackle. So if you would have gave a red card for that, we would have been sitting here get off in one, I think. Yeah. Um I don't think any of them covered themselves in I don't think they were horrendous last night. I, I think it's maybe been overblown a little bit. I think they're two very different. We can lump them both in last night saying they were below par and you can put fitness down to that. Right. But I think Ralston has been out injured and you know that he can be functional in this right. team. Be competent. Whereas I think Burnaby's very different. He's got to prove actually that he could do, for instance, what Ralston did last year and actually play and get you through. I think you could trust Ralston to do that. Yeah. Burnaby, I think... It, I think the difficulty from is the, and this this is going to sound really really bad. The more you see him, the more you think he can't play in these certain games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hearts away had a really really tough night, yep. you know. And it's difficult to see then if you know. Ideally, you want to bleed him in in home games, so that's a home game last night. But it's against a team that's third in the league and are actually quite dynamic going forward. I just too many touches, too many errant touches, and it leads to things like that. Trying too hard, maybe a little bit. It's just. It's not came together for him so far. It's not yeah. to say it won't. He's obviously, maybe he's got something, but he doesn't show it enough in the game time he gets. And I think that's the kind of difficulty. You can trust Ralston to come in and give you something. I think with Burnaby, I don't see it. And I don't see it enough in the things that he's supposed to, we want to be good at, as in getting forward. I thought he was good last 20 minutes. He was really good. And actually, yeah. I think he's got a hand in one of the goals as well. So give him praise for that. But see, when you're a defender, people will pick up the things you don't do right. And if yeah. you give the ball away in this team that often, people are going to pick up it. I would agree Ralston is more easily able to come in and he's, he's steadier. He's far steadier. I think that's what you get with Ralston, yeah. the steadiness. But I think when you bring, I think you could, I think you can accommodate one of them, Ralston, more easily. I just think the two of them last night, especially with the importance of the fullbacks to our system, was just almost a wee bit... Now, I, I understand why he did it. I mean, Johnston has played a lot of football and Taylor got a knock at the weekend mm-hmm. and you've quite rightly pointed out the, the short turnover in terms of the games and the fact that it's... An, I mean, he, he might not have done that if Saturday was a run-of-the-mill league game yeah. against whoever. But I get why he's done that, but I, I genuinely do think that that carried a level of risk with it. Um, but the manager trusts in his players and you will just after he's on a podcast and mm-hmm. and then even some of the post-match interviews coming back for the game last night Haxabanovich very good English by the way he was great uh, helped um, as well he, 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 they were asking him pretty generic questions but one thing that he says about the manager is he believes in the players and he won't put you in the park if he doesn't believe in you we've seen him throw players away that don't meet what he needs right or not play players like yeah. Abogard Adeguchi other players there he must see something in Burnaby. He must think that he's got something to be able to put him into a game like that. So, yeah, we can be critical on the basis of what we've seen, but Ange's the guy in charge. So, uh, in many ways, it's almost like you have to. Aye. Was it trust the process? Trust the process. I heard that for a while. The, the other thing, just before we come on, to I didn't like when he said about Dafties in a podcast. I thought that was mean. <laughs> I don't know if you guys noticed, but I was, it was really just you. It, was know, so. <laughs> it felt like aimed. It was when you looked me straight in the eye when you said that. <laughs> um, I don't know if you noticed just before they scored was that Ange was pretty vocal and it did look like 
both the fullbacks were getting both barrels from, and at one point he turned away in disgust. Um, so I think the point that you made about trust, because I think, and that ties in with what you were saying as well, Samani, about what Haxabanovich was saying, it does kind of feel that Bernabe has to sort of be talked through games, <coughs> almost from Ange. Um, Joe Hart was doing it as well. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. I think when there was a breaking play, he was kind of quite clearly going over to him to try and just, it was almost like he was trying to tell him to calm down a little bit. Mm-hmm. And but that's fine, that's a senior pro talking to a Don't be shy. younger player. But, <laughs> you know, it does, you know, it's it is difficult. Uh, I, it's it's kind of hard when you watch that first half last night and you look at Bernabe, you want to find good things, but you just got to be honest. And I know you're saying trust the process, but see when you see something, they don't have a good game. We don't know, we don't see him in training, but you can only judge him in the game time he's had. And That's what I said. He's, That's he's, what I said. Nah, he's not been, he's, <laughs> That's exactly not what been I said. Great. You're you judging could, him in that. If you could get a refund... Yeah. Uh, on Bernabe, that's, that's the problem, absolutely. isn't it? Aye. And see, when you start thinking like that, big shop again. <laughs> <laughs> see if see if we'd paid five hundred thousand for him, you'd be saying, you know, bargain. We've seen good attributes there, and he's maybe going to develop. You know, we'll see how he goes. You know, although the fee keeps changing when people, Aye. minimum three million or whatever, folk are saying you're you're really expecting a wee bit more, especially from your first Argentinian. You would want. You would that's, want a wee bit that's, the thing. that's what hurts us. I think yeah. a lot, to be honest. <laughs> We're all buzzing, Argentinian. Um, yeah. But aye, we'll see. It's so, early doors. At least we get our money at the flags in December. That's true. <laughs> we'll go on to the game itself then in more detail. So, how do you think the game started? And then obviously, I want to move on to conceding the goal and the the VAR and all that that came after it. <laughs> VAR actually, we are being positive tonight, aren't we? I don't know if it's because we've got a new host here and we're trying to be polite, but VAR actually had a good night, largely. <laughs> um, I get two offsides both of which were chopped off probably right yeah. Hearts 1 was really tight Celtic 1 was at how right. the first jersey season on Andy Halliday and he still puts the flag up but mm-hmm. neither here nor there now um, that had a good night I thought Hearts started quite aggressively um, and I think that's the only thing when they scored obviously you know you know you're in for a game see even when we went, as the game went on that first half and they kept pressing it just, it just gave you confidence that even if it goes in half time and we're down, you just know you're going to get chances. And I think t- if teams come and play like that against us, then they might well get a result because on the night we might not, not have the quality or they might have a bit of quality and score more goals. And Hart scored, they didn't really offer no. much of an attacking threat, but they pressed aggressively, but it just created space. And I think once we started to get going, you, I think it felt, I don't want to say inevitable because that just sounds plain arrogant, but it did feel inevitable <laughs> that we were going to win the game or at least get Aye. back in the game sooner rather than later. And they were going to tire, weren't they, because they yeah. were so aggressive in the press? Yeah, I, I mean, I did think it was quite apparent in the first half, though, that we missed Hitati in the middle of the park. I mean, maybe come and talk about O'Reilly. Moy looked quite sluggish last night, but I think that's probably because Hitati wasn't there. And O'Reilly came in last night and he wasn't terrible, but he didn't do anything that says to me that you're going to shift Moy from that, that starting 11. Um, but you did see that space and we were kind of, you know, hearts had the ball down and were trying to play out from the back and things like that. But the space and things like that was there. The only worry I had was there were opportunities we were starting to take them, but I thought we looked a wee bit off it in terms of yeah. our energy and moving it about. And in situations like that, I think 
if you don't get the goal back, which is obviously important, and when we did, sometimes that can start to build in your head and and, and, it, and it becomes more of a war of attrition as opposed to anything else. But I always did have in the back of my head, we've got proper quality on the bench. Yep. So if, if it had got to that stage, we, we, we would have changed it up. But at, at some points in the first half, I thought we're missing a bit of spark here. When you mentioned Hatate, I think the one thing that the one skill or quality you could have you really needed for him last night, aside from his energy, his legs and his quality, see a player to not try and just drop the ball off first time. Mm. See the amount of times he receives the ball and he's able just to roll a defender or for a central midfielder, see the amount of times he takes a player on. Yeah. The other guys don't do that. And I mean, it's it's a hard thing to do and it's if you're not good at it and you try it, if Moy tries to kinda roll somebody or kind of bust past them with pace, it's it's not going to be the same. See if we could have got that from Hitati last night because it just you forget how often he's incisive with the things he does, whether it is a pass or whether it is by beating a man. Aye. He can almost by himself beat a team's press. Yeah. And see when you don't have that, I feel like you notice it and you I, notice it so clearly. I think the fact so, as well that he's happy to do it deep as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. Aye. It doesn't have to be in the final third. He's happy to do it. Um if we're going to have a few minutes here just to wax lyrical about him, there was a few things <laughs> last night. Even when he's laying the ball off, right? There was when you were talking about him sitting deep. This was in the second half, obviously, because that's when he came on. Um, when he brought the ball and he played a ball across the box to um, Carter Vickers, and it was a simple ball that anybody could have played. But where he placed it and the pace at which he played just meant that Vickers just strolled onto it. Whereas a lot of those balls, you know. Adjust your feet a little bit to do it. It's effortless. And then there was a one late in the game where I don't even know how he found the space and he kind of curled it out wide. And I think it was Haksabanovic yeah. where he freed him down the, yeah. the, the left hand side. It was side. so tight on the touchline. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I love him. He's yeah. even thoughtful. <laughs> he's even thoughtful in his passing. Yeah. He's there you go, Cameron. Wonderful. You can step into that ball. Yeah, I, I think. See, is he taking the piss out of me? <laughs> no, I think he's with me. <laughs> it is actually quite. It's so. It makes us seem like we're talking the team down. But over the years, the amount of times when you see a ball get past a centre half, and you see the, they almost take a step, and then they have to take that wee stutter step right. yeah, to yeah. wait for the ball coming. And you think I'm watching professional football. Yeah, play fucking in front of him. There's a groan around the ground, isn't there? <laughs> um, it's got European night written all over it. <laughs> what one thing, and it kind of goes against how we equalised. Um, come on to that in a second but I don't know if you guys noticed it seemed more evident last night than normal the amount of times that Kyogo was making that run and he just yeah. wasn't getting the ball like it seemed I know we've been sort of decrying that for 18 months or so since Kyogo's been here but it seemed sort of as if that was happening a lot um, not just Kyogo I've seen Moy make it a couple of times oh yeah he, he made a really sort of run from his own half and, and everybody sees it you know in the stadium and you're just like that's on all the time but the centre half maybe leading into a ball playing centre half discussion here but, <laughs> uh, but they, they very rarely they, they very rarely try and pick it out you know I think is I found this last night and I was chatting at the game and see that the, the stadium was getting really wound up because the ball over the top wasn't coming and to be honest, I was kind of thinking, we can all see that pass. So can Hearts defenders. I think they would quite like you to play that ball over the top because, you know, yeah, they'll take their chance. Yeah, they're obviously almost trying to go gently playing long. And I was quite confident in that opinion and that view. And then I answered his post-match interview and he decried that we didn't play the ball in behind quick yeah. enough. And I was thinking, <laughs> fuck, yeah. he's got me. So Just you can either process. pick Ange or you can pick me. Yeah. <laughs> A daft in a podcast. 
But, um, Samari, so if you just kind of talk us through the goal, because the one time we did play the ball over the top, um, and as we've touched upon the offside decision, but for me it just showed sort of Celtic at their best, didn't it? That powerful running from Maeda to get on the end of Kugel's cross and delighted to get the goal back, but then you're kind of cut down in your celebrations because of our... Yeah, I mean, it's that's what I really... I mean, there was some moments that we did that last night. That's when I enjoy watching Celtic most when we get the ball forward at that pace and at that speed. You know, played the ball... Who was it played the ball through? For Ralston, Ralston. Ralston played the ball over. Um, Kyogo kind of chasing it down. Maeda busting a gut at the back post. Um, it was just clinical. It's the sort of goal that when you get that right, when you get that sort of play right, it can't be defended, certainly at this level, you know. <laughs> um, and it, it's 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 what we've got. Celtic at our best were kind of epitomised in that goal. Basically, Hearts can go from a, a, a position where the ball's on a, a, a bit in the park where they think there's no danger, and very quickly we turn that around and, and we've equalised. With regards to the offside decision, I, I never entered my head that, Kyogo was offside, I'm at the other end of the ground so the only thing I could think was that Maeda had got ahead of the ball and Kyogo had played it forward mm-hmm. but that's only I mean, at the other end of the ground it would have been very apparent that wasn't the yeah, case he runs from deep doesn't he? Yeah. yeah, and when he put it up so quickly I, when he put the flag up I just that's what I had in my head He's, I thought that as well he, he, he must have done that um, and then quite often if I'm at the game I might check like what's up to see if somebody's at home watching it right. is that offside? And nobody was saying anything. So uh, it, when it was given, I was pleasantly surprised as opposed to expecting it, having seen the, the incident. I think, see, because you can always tell the games that aren't officially on TV because yeah. folk are about five <laughs> minutes behind, <laughs> aren't they? <laughs> I also never believe anything because if you look at something and say, oh, was that a handball? So every time somebody's went, oh, it was a definite handball. And you look at it and it's like, it's not, it's not right. how it's handled at all. <laughs> I thought the, the only thing I would add to the goal was when the ball from Kyogo, obviously the ball from Ralston is puts us in behind. But the ball from Kyogo, you could almost imagine him after it, I'm going to the wingers and saying, see that pass I just played? That's a pass I want Aye. every time in the box when we get in behind because I think was it the game at St. Mirren the weekend? Every pass we tried to make into him was either too short, in behind, or it went straight into the goalkeeper. So you could imagine him kind of turning around. He seems like a nice guy and he's not going to dig players out. But you could imagine him kind of turning around going, see that? That's how you fucking do it. Yeah. Try and play that more often for me. Definitely. And... Who would have thought, as we said, that VAR would do as a turn? Because I was thinking, how many goals have we scored like that before VAR came in that would just yeah. wouldn't have been given because of our sort of quickness of thought and play? Um, so we got it at half time, one each. How are you sort of feeling coming out the second half? Are you confident that we would kick on? I was entirely confident at half time, yeah. Um, I don't even have anything for that, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought we had to step the play up, but. Yeah. The, I knew even if when he brought the side, even if he brought the exact same players out, we had more than enough in reserve to turn that around. It, there was no point last night. I mean, obviously, when you go a goal down, it, it irks you, and it's not something that happens to us very often. But at no point did I think we're not going to win this game. I thought it might have got sluggish, turgid. You know, it might have got a wee bit of a war of attrition. But they would be leggy competing with us, and then we would maybe bring on. Jota, yeah, you know, or whatever. But yeah, I was feeling fine. I was good. I was glad to be getting back in on terms um, at half time, and yeah, I'm fairly confident. I don't think there's a bigger, there's another team that you would pick out a bigger disparity between playing them at home and playing them away in Hearts. I definitely. 
if if it was one each on Saturday at halftime, I would be sitting there much like a Rangers game, to be honest, in terms of the way you feel, as in if they get behind a team, it could become a real game. Mm-hmm. Whereas at home, Hearts are an entirely just just a different prospect. They obviously use their, their own stadium at advantage and we are the same way as so. I think we can, uh, uh, just touching on Saturday, I agree with that, but we're going to have a bigger allocation on Saturday, obviously, because of the, the, the cup. And sometimes I think we feed off that as yep. well, much mm-hmm. like we've done at Ibrox. So yep. I'm really looking forward to Saturday because there'll be more of us there, not me, unfortunately. But um, that atmosphere, it, it, it can be on a, it can be on turning a sixpence. It can go one way or, we, you know, we can really turn it into a, a fortress as well. Definitely. And that's... We'll quickly round this up and we'll go into that because just thinking about it, it's mouth-watering into the, the poisonous atmosphere at Tynecastle and it, I think out with Ibrox, it's the sort of biggest fixture you look forward to, I would say, domestically. Yeah, a lot of people even would point, I'd say Tynecastle is just a better away day generally. Ah, because well. you can actually go. Yeah. <laughs> um, so just sort of before we we'll cover the, the two goals in the second half quite quickly, but the injury to Maeda, um, I don't know if you saw the pictures today of yeah. what to be on crutches. Doesn't look good for Saturday, does it? No. And no. I think I think he was really good at Tynecastle the last time, wasn't he? He got one of the goals. Um, his pace um, and away games just tend to, I think, that they can help you. But you would like to think with Haksabanovic who came on, uh, Jota obviously came on as well, get quite well covered in the wide areas. I think, well, that's it. Certainly on that left-hand side, we've got Haksabanovic, Maida and Jota who are all most comfortable playing there. So... He's a blow because he's been playing really, really well for us. Um, but you would feel you would feel comfortable there, and you would assume I would assume that Haksabanovic is going to start. I mean, maybe I'm being unfair here, but Abada played himself right in to the team and then right back out last night. Yeah. You know, his performance wasn't particularly great. Um, so for me, you know, with Maida being out, that would be a blow. It seems fairly obvious that we're going to have we're going to accommodate Jota on the right and. Aksabanovic on the left. Yeah, so I was not convinced. James yeah. Forrest's there. <laughs> he always does well at Tinkers. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, just quickly on the goals, because obviously there was a reaction last night on the, the Sunnit.co. If you haven't signed up, Ooh, come and join us. Oh, very good. Very experienced <laughs> Barry, isn't he? What a shill. Company man. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought the second goal just kind of, again, was as in their essence of under Ange. Um, I loved how quickly Jota got the ball to Moy, and Moy just picks up that wee pocket, as he always does. And I was screaming at him to play the ball out wide, but it still have been a badder, who I think was on the right at that point. It would have been, yeah. But Moy obviously sees the the pass it doesn't look on, so through the eye of the needle, and a brilliant finish, a Kyogo, and you're just buzzing after that. His celebration was the best thing about it. He's doing a wee kind of shake thing loves it. He oh, loves it fantastic yeah. it was yeah it was it was it was pure quality i mean moy as i said looked a wee bit sluggish to me but the guy just oozes quality when he gets into good positions right. you know it's it was a fantastic pass completely out for smarter dominating instinctive finish from kyogo i think the other thing as well is just the trust from moy that kyogo because it's an awkward run see see when you kind of look at it he's running almost across the line of the ball. Aye. So, and it's not coming on his strong foot, but he trusts that Kyogo will make A, make that run, and then will be able to get a shot away in his left foot. It's, it's really nice. I was about to say it's a really nice goal, but it is just, I think there's a, a real element of 
composure in it from both Moy and the finish from Gilgo, I think is really good as I say on his weak foot. Um, maybe a wee bit similar to the goal away at Livy, just in ah, yeah. kind of the way that kind of technique, but um, Moy just, he's the calmest player I think in our team at pretty much all times. Uh-huh. Um, and early in the season, that was probably what we were most critical about, but now you, you just get that wee bit of composure that sometimes you need instead of trying to do something spectacular, just roll a player in and let him get a shot away. You're, I think you're right, and I think that's naturally why a lot of folk thought, ah, you're puffing out your arse, <laughs> you've lost your pace. You can retain the ball sitting deep as a six because you're so yeah, good yeah. at re- retaining it. And I don't doubt you could do a role there, you could do a job there, but you've seen as he's got up to speed a bit more, he's got a lot more to him, you know. Definitely. And the pass, just before we move on to the, the third goal, the pass was similar to the one in the cup final, the, the pass he plays to... yeah. Hatati for Kyogo's second goal. It's just just that quickness of thought and the vision that he has, and it has added another dimension to our team. Um, but talking of good goals, onto a spectacular goal from the boy, Lee Boy Aksabanovic. He's uh, uh, he's one we want to see start now, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, after James Forrest. Um, <laughs> it, it is just a, it's just a real bit of quality in the game. Um, and I think the, I mean, the goal speaks for itself. I, I can't add to that. Do you know what I really like seeing it? The, the way the players celebrated for him? It was almost right. like they were happy, That almost as if he's been working hard and something's been kind of almost coming for him. And then to score a goal like that, because late in the game, you're, you're putting the game to bed, it makes it 3-1, but everyone just seemed delighted for him. Uh-huh. It was McGregor particularly, I think the camera pans right past him. And um, I, I quite like to see that, you know, it's... Everybody's happy. I think we talked a couple of weeks ago. It's almost like everybody in this squad's happy for other guys to get their moment. And he's not had his. He had the chance to cut final. And then he to score a goal like that last night. It's wingers in confidence. It, never a bad thing. Uh, going back in terms of, I was talking about a badder there. And I think you'd said in the the, the agenda on Monday, available at thecynic.co. <laughs> give me my money. Um, you're sick of writing them off. And to, to a wee bit, I, I, I'm guilty of that a wee bit too. Um, in in terms of what the quality that he brought in the St. Mirren game, you know, and it's something that I maybe need to learn from. But I haven't. I've now, <laughs> I, for me, Haksabanovic must start. He must start. That's, that's where I am. I'm the, it's going to be the hill that I die on. Haksabanovic, I think, I think he's the greatest. This is going to be like one of those. Remember those Celtic News Now articles that used to pick some man up a lot? <laughs> Celtic podcaster slams Postacoglu for oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. It was Pundit at one point. Pundit, oh, yeah, <laughs> there we go. No, but all joking aside, when you watch Haksabanovic, you know, one of the things that's apparent for you, if, you know, in terms of looking at him as a modern football player, is he's maybe not got the pace that you would maybe like a guy playing in that. His footwork's incredible, though. I mean, absolutely incredible. Technically, he might be the best, you know, close control at football club. You know, and it's when you see what he's capable of doing, and he said in his post match interview last night that that's obviously what he was trying to do, and you can see him trying to do that quite often. And he got injured a wee bit. Um, when was it? December he got injured? Was it just after he'd won the, the player yeah, of the month, remember? You know, he seemed as if he was really going to kick on then and maybe kind of start to, you know, ask questions about starting in the, t- in the side. And then it's taken him a wee bit longer to get up to speed but for me he's, he's, he's a guy who you, you know you've talked about Jota about this Alan he's a guy you pay to see see when he's in on form and when he's doing 
what he's capable of doing. He's a guy you would want to just go and, you know, you hear he's in the starting lineup and you want to see what he's capable of. You've not seen the best of him in a Celtic strip, but I'm I'm really hopeful that we're going to see more of him because that was pure quality last night. And there was some some moments where he was, you know, just moving the ball and adjusting his body. And it was just, there was one out the far right-hand side and it was just, it was effortless. So, Definitely. I'm a fan. I think, like I said, let Michael Beal there, I think. Um, <laughs> if he doesn't get that start on Saturday, I think it would make me quite concerned about, because I think I've been saying over the last few weeks, it's either work rate or general fitness maybe, mm-hmm. or attitude with Haxpanovic. I don't think it's attitude because, I mean, he's had plenty of opportunity to get frustrated before now. But if he doesn't get a start on Saturday after kind of doing that... Especially if my is injured. Yeah, it, it would make it quite easy to be kind of downbeat, I think. Um, and I, I, you mentioned the comments earlier about talking about, you know, Ange believes in the players and things. And I think that is quite a big, you know, vote of confidence for someone that's been out of the team mm-hmm. a lot. And that's quite... Um, that's quite positive because I don't think any professional football player, especially a professional football player of his quality, probably don't enjoy getting 20 minutes at the end of the no. game. And I know we can say the team that finishes the game is important as the team that starts the game. That sounds nice, but see when a manager picks a team and you're not in it, you, you can, these guys aren't thinking, well, it's fine, I'll be involved in the last 20 minutes. You want right. to be there you know, in that starting team. So I think Saturday will be interesting. Mm. Just got a couple of questions from... The subscribers um, on that sort of similar vein. So, should Taxaban, which be given more opportunities to start, which we've covered, and every time he's on the pitch, he's very creative and looks a goal threat. And as you said, Samani, that was the kind of thing he, he seemed to be wanting to get across in that um, post match interview last yeah. night. But when you play, you have to make the impact to give you the best chance of uh, going forward. And just another question on Abada. So, this is, is from Barry. Oh, sorry, it's from Andy. Thank you. We like to picture who exactly who said. Say that. hi to Andy. <laughs> Hello, Andy. Hello, Andy. Uh, a question from Stephen as well. So after the weekend's game at St. Mirren, um, I think last night adds to the frustrating nature of Leo Abada. Um, if you had to come up with a past Celtic player comparison for Abada, who would it be? Great question. See, when I was kind of thinking of this, I'll give you time to think. But I was thinking, see, even though we had him for. Six months, but remember Diamante Kamara? Oh, yeah. yeah. Great celebration. It, it was. Great celebration. He was very effective in front of goal, but I don't remember him doing much in terms of build up play or uh, creating things. But that's the only one I could think of off the top of my head. But Diamante, I, I can't think of another. You're going to steal that one? Probably. <laughs> I was just thinking Diamante Kamara there as well. It's interesting. <laughs> no, I, I, because any comparison feels unfair. Even that feels a little bit unfair yeah. because obviously Abada's return is exceptional. But as Samani has pointed out and as I made this decision on Monday that I will no longer be passing comment on Abada because I just don't know. Genuinely, I don't know if he's really good or he's really not very good. But he scores yeah. a lot of goals Definitely. often, which is nice. Yeah, A few other questions similar to the sort of um, the wingers debate. Troy, um, long-term subscriber, um, saying should tax abandonments get more starts. Um, and then there's other ones from Ken saying he seems that Abanovic seems an all-round team player. Um, he doesn't seem an all-round team player, sorry. Um, he doesn't? So he says he's a talented player and has individual brilliance at times, but he's not an all-round team player that Anne wants yet. Agree or disagree? Disagree, Ken. <laughs> Up the dubs as always. Samani's <laughs> uh, been up against Ken here. That's in, you never I can, go up against I can Ken. see where Ken's coming from because 
he seems a bit of a maverick, doesn't he? More of a sort of a player who, again, sort of in bygone days, he might have been, are you thinking like a sort of Martin O'Neill team, maybe when Martin O'Neill was loath to play Lubo at the very beginning and then yeah. he sort of brought his way in. Not to com- compare Haxabanovich to Lubo, but that sort of getting on the ball and make things happen. Um, I can see where he's come from, but I think he is quite unselfish as well because you can see that he's... He's very good at bringing others into play as well, but I can see where he's coming from. I think we're still in the same situation with Haxaban, which I'm loath to say anything against him here because Samani is all in on him <laughs> and he's decided that very quickly after last he's night. He's got that. He's even got the, <laughs> the tattoo on his neck. <laughs> I think the we're still probably in that same situation of where does he play every week, not where does he got on the last 20 minutes because he doesn't want to be a super sub. He wants to be a starter and it's who is he displacing because is he an out-and-out winger or did would he want to play through the middle? I think that's going to be his biggest issue. But yeah, And I, I can see the point about all of us wingers work really hard. The one that probably is the least hard-working of our wingers is Jota. And even then, he still puts in a lot of groundwork. And he's, mm. I think he's got a lot better at that. I think Haxabanovic might still have that yeah. curve to, <clears throat> even to la- get through. Even last night for the second goal, it's Jota who goes back and wins the ball. Um, so he's learning, yeah. I think the, the thing about Haxabanovich is he strikes me as the sort of guy who could play uh, as a number 10 but we don't play a number 10 yep. so he's then got to dislodge it, it doesn't strike me as somebody who could play through the middle of the front three maybe maybe I'm wrong but um, so then he's got to dislodge you know what, two, of some, two, best yeah, performers. two of our best performers and the thing about him on the, well I, I, I can't recall particularly seeing him on the right I mean he's a right footed player but he, he likes to do what he did last night. Yeah. And I think one of the key things that's probably kind of stopped him or, or, or held him back a little bit would be that work rate part of the game because it's so important. Because there's games that Angel choose Maida, and the cup final is a perfect example. Quality wise, going forward, Maida was not yeah. at the races that day, but man, the work rate in terms of tracking back, and Ange spoke about it after the game how defensively our attacking players are so important so the thing with um, Haxabanovich is you've got real quality I'd say in terms of his footwork and his trickery is probably comparable with Jota but he maybe doesn't have some of the other things that makes him a a starter I've just went back I was all in on him five minutes ago and now I'm (laughs) not sure Leo Labada to start on Saturday at Hearts but no there's a lot that you want to accommodate him somehow but I suppose you need to kind of acknowledge maybe some aspects of his game that aren't there maybe I I think just and we we, I'm guilty of this I was about to say we there but I can only speak for myself at all times this season see all the guys we've talked about with the exception of James Forrest all the wingers you could make an argument for have been the most important player at some point in this season. 100%. As a, maybe not the most important player, but they've been the most important winger. Mm. Jota, Maeda when he came back from the World Cup that January through February period when he just took it to a new level. Haksibanovic before the injury. Abada, his general kind of goal-scoring record is kind of hard to put down. Sunday, so, Sunday in the game for us. So it, it's that way you're kind of... I think with wingers, they get much more allowance to have kind of bigger variations in the form to Cameron Carter Vickers mm. you do not allow a centre half to just have a complete you know stinker whereas if a winger struggles to get in the game doesn't have the kind of moments of magic swap them out bring someone else in and I do feel like we talk about this a lot with the system 
it feels like this is just going to be the way of it. We might not be a team that just has one guy as a winger who is just the outright best and nobody dislodges. It might just be the kind of come in and out, but they're all functional and they all contribute to the overall season. And that's that's something, to be honest, as a Celtic fan, I don't think I've ever been through anything no. like that. You've always had, it's maybe similar to that argument we have about the strikers. Would you rather everyone's scoring and it's you know, sustainable, or would you rather have Henrik Larson and just bangs in 50? Right. And I know that the right answer is everybody scoring, but also yeah. I, I, I like somebody that scores lots and lots of goals. That leads us in nicely then to some news. So Celtic winger Jota ranks in the top 10 of worldwide stats table, just two places below the legendary Lionel Messi. But remember, we don't really believe in stats, no. Barry, so I'm conflicted here. <laughs> I'm going to hand over to some man. He can have the decision on it. What number is he? Two places below me. <laughs> <laughs> so three then, probably. Uh, <coughs> aye. aye, just a nice thing. It's a nice aye. <laughs> um, talking of nice things, the new fourth kit. Thoughts? Oh yeah, it's nice. <whistles> I mean, I'm glad I've not got kids and I have to buy them tops, but um, so I just have to buy one for myself. Um, it's bizarre we're bringing out a top, but in March, yeah. I don't know, you'll remember. You're literally the man to ask for this. Have we ever done this before at this time of year? We brought out the, see what's called the cheese and onion top, halfway through the Hamden season. So you'll see the one that, oh, the, with the slashes over it, the green oh, sleeve yeah. and the yellow sleeve. I think we brought that out about January time. I think um, I got that DH gate during lockdown. That was probably the lowest point of lockdown for me. <laughs> <laughs> Not only buying that top, buying a mock-up of that top. See, that, that top was an absolute stinker. But I remember that season, I've... Don't think I've ever been in goal in my life, but I had the Celtic goalie top that season, which was the rainbow multicoloured sort of yeah. thing. Ah, yeah, yeah, all, yeah. all the padding. Oh, the, all the padding, aye. Similar to what, the kind of thing I was wearing last night, to be honest. Yeah, that's it. There. I've Players got that. It's long sleeve. The... I've got it as well. Yeah, I've got it long sleeve uh, too. I, I, I bet you never wear it. it. <laughs> no. no, no. <laughs> um, and just on that as well, so we've got a question from Joe Goss, who says, with the club re-releasing a, limit, or releasing, sorry, a limited edition fourth kit, and an 80s themed training kit since the League Cup win. Would you go out and buy it if the club just came out and said, buy this and we'll no sell Jota or CCV in the summer? I wouldn't trust him to under that. <laughs> I, I feel like I've already tipped my hat by saying I might buy it anyway. Um, I think I'd probably buy the, the fourth kit, but I'm not... I, I, I like the look of it at first, but the 90, the 90s stuff, so you say that 91 to 94, and it's the price of it's horrendous, isn't it? i seen, was it Mundial... <laughs> put uh, Diego Forlan wearing like the Man United version of it nice. and he's got sunglasses on he's got it tucked in he looks cool I'm not buying that 90s gear because I will look fuck all like any of the models that are wearing this who will we get to do it like Willie Faulkner <laughs> <laughs> big kids <laughs> maybe uh, who's the guy that's the driving instructor now I've seen uh, the goalie Carl Morgan Carl Morgan yep aye nice you can wear the the Samani top for... Ka- aye that's right aye Carl Morgan um, there was a bit of a a renaissance of support for him on this podcast by some folk. Somebody googled him and it came up and it apparently had a, a clean sheet record for Celtic. Oh Jesus! I don't um, like getting back and discussing the rest of the support. Never had a clean sheet watching uh, them. That's for sure. Anyway. Well, 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 let's not bring things like that. Up. Yeah, we're having, a good, we're having a nice thing. <laughs> so let's get into the the main event then of the weekend. Noon, lunchtime kickoff, Tyne Castle. Mm. Mm. How are we feeling? See all the confidence that I had when I was talking about uh, us at half time. You can probably just go the complete other side of that. I, 
do you know what it is? I think Savani did bill it. It is a properly exciting game. Oh, it is a cup it? tie. See, if you win that, you will abs- what a weekend you've got ahead of you. Yeah. Anyway. You'll be absolutely flying. Um, I think I'll be quite nervous on Saturday morning as well. Um, yeah. It is a tough place to go and they do. The fact it's a cup game as well, it's just, as it's, it's, I don't want to be dramatic and say it's, but it's a, could be the biggest game of the rest of the CPL. Hopefully it's the third biggest game of the rest of the season. Um, hopefully the league take care of itself. If you put out hearts away, you'd fancy to get to the final, wouldn't you? You would certainly be hopeful. Um, and that's the thing about it. Third best team in the league at Tynecastle, where we know about how the atmosphere can go. They've rested players midweek as well with one eye on this. Um, and the end of season Bino to the Scottish Cup final is on the line here. This is a massive game. It's yeah. a huge game. Um, and, but I'm really excited about it. Uh-huh. Now, and it, when the, before we played them last night, one of my, my one of my biggest concerns was coming through these games unscathed. Sorry, unscathed in terms of you know injuries and fitness. Now, obviously, Maida's gone last night. My main concerns. <laughs> he's injured. That's just to point out. Ah, he's not. He's, he's, <laughs> a single gunshot. <laughs> he's, 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 he's still alive, thankfully. Um, but I think that's a sign of in which the in the manner in which Hearts play that. Most vociferously, not vociferously, most evidently against us in terms of, um, you know, going in hard and challenges and talking about that atmosphere that can really kind of spur them on. So I think we've got enough to beat them, notwithstanding that that's, you know, that I'm, I'm not counting my chickens and saying that's going to happen. But my concern is that it may become at a price because I think that we've got a lot of players who um, they might. Maybe not individually target, but there's certainly key players that we've got that I really just hope come through this game unscathed because we know what that can be like. We know how they're going to play. We know what the atmosphere's like. So I'm kind of skipping past, you know, the actual gaming body and what we're going to be at the other side. But it is a concern for me. I think the hope. I mean, I, I obviously we've got complete faith that if we play well, we take the game out of their hands. Like, mm. I think that anybody listening will think the same as well. I think what you're also hoping on top of that though is that this is a huge game for them. Like they're likely to finish third in the league. I don't think yeah. they've got really any significant competition for that, and they're good enough to do that. Not dissimilar to Rangers. Hopefully, this is they'll be putting all their eggs in the Scottish Cup basket, yeah. and you're kind of hoping maybe that I mentioned earlier about playing the same team twice in a week. Now they were really aggressive last night. Um, you know, made a good game of it. Is probably as good as you've seen anyone at Celtic Park this year, to be honest, mm. in terms of being aggressive and staying mm. in the game and okay. not letting the game get away from them. You're kind of hoping that Nielsen's maybe going to overthink it and think, well, I don't want to just do the same thing twice. You're hoping that he might try and think, well, you know, maybe even play the way Rangers played in the cup final and try and actually press to a point, but then just step off and try and say, well, you can have the ball, but you're not going to play through us. And that's the only thing that you're maybe yeah. hoping because it is a great atmosphere. It can be incredible, but you're hoping that something takes that away early. Not dissimilar to a derby game. You need something to try and take away from early. Goal, a red card for Hearts, something like that would be just perfect. And then the the full stand just singing the, for eighty nine minutes without any opposition would just be 
It'd just be delicious. Definitely. And Hopefully done by half twelve on Saturday. That is that is the big thing as well. Um so man, you mentioned the fact that we do have the bigger allocation. Um that will have an impact, I'm almost certain. Um because it is one of the best away trips. I think the last time I was there was the it was Lennon's first game back and Oh yeah, yeah. Eduard scored. You made the you made the dispatches that night if I remember right as well, <laughs> didn't you? <laughs> you didn't know what to do to do with yourself celebrating. Yeah. Um and it is, it is just one of the best sort of trips on the calendar. Bigger allocation will hopefully sort of roll the team on. Um, in terms of the team itself, what would you like to see, Samani? Back, back five. To, back back five. Tested. Yeah. T- t- picks itself, doesn't it? Well, we just yeah. do that then when we pick a team. So do you, want, you pick the back five, so... That picks itself, that's a boring bit. Yeah. But, uh, all right, okay. Hart, uh, Bernabe, no. <laughs> uh, Taylor, um Starfield, Carter, Vickers, and Johnson. Um, again, talking about you know the aggressiveness and stuff like that. I think we've seen enough from Mister Johnson that he'll be up for any sort of physical fight um, if, if required. Um, you want to? You do the midfield team. We'll go back to Samani for the oh, front three. Bit of glamour. Um, <laughs> I think. I think Hatati McGregor Moy, to be honest. Um, yeah. I think yeah. you mentioned it earlier, Samani. I think O'Reilly had, had a decent game last night. He cut a frustrated figure at times. Um, but I don't think he's done anything that would make you step away from what has been a a winning formula now since the World Cup. I mean, but just been relentless. And that midfield three are so important to Hatati with resting his legs as well as ideal because he's a big player. He's massive for a game like this. I think if you compare last night, so really to the Aberdeen game. I remember he was really yeah. good when he came back in and he actually made a case for playing in the in the final, but I don't think he had that level of performance last night. Mm. And we discussed as well, even though Moy wasn't sort of his sparkling best, he still has a hand in yeah. the goal with that um, brilliant through ball. And I think the last game at Tynecastle was when he started to really come into form I yeah, think I know he had that horrendous miss didn't he on his left foot but he dragged it by the post but oh, yeah, I remember was that when we'd be getting beat at that point as well I think so oh, I was fucking being absolutely spared at the time that was yeah. some game under that 4-3 game it's the kind of miss where you say things that you think I hope I never hear what I said ever again yeah definitely <laughs> no I just mean like something like <laughs> I don't know I hope he never plays for you should never play for Celtic ever again or something and then he goes on to have Become a player of the year candidate. <laughs> Definitely. And then on to the, the front three. Um, it's got to be your boy, isn't it? It has think, to be now. You can't back away from it now. No, no, no. I'm going with, well, for me, it's, it's Haksabanovic and Jota on the right. I think I think Ange might stick with um, Abada. And, you know, Abada, I, I, notwithstanding the, the, the success he's had against Rangers at home, I, I tend to feel more happy with a bad away from home and I don't yeah. know whether that's just a feeling I've got or whether there's the stats prove that he's he's more effective away from home so you know if, if we go on Saturday and he's got Jota on the left and he's got a bad on the right I'm not going to be I'm not going to be spitting feathers about it but I do think Haksabanovic is that goal when he's all round play last night you know and the, I think he was unlucky after the cup final maybe not to see more for me I think he's played himself in and I would have him on the left and Jota on the right when obviously Key will go through the middle but we'll see Yeah I think the point there again about Haksabanovic is there's not much more he could do I think now no. to get a start um, and if the gauntlet's been sort of thrown down to him he's, he's accepted it so fingers crossed What did you make of uh, 
Hak Sabanovich appropriating Dan Maistorovich's song. I love it. I did, but I liked it, but it's certainly it's Dan Maistorovich's for me. It'll never be anyone but his. Uh, for me, it's up for grabs. So. <laughs> 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 um, predictions? I know you love this part, Alan. Oh, I love a prediction. Um, it sounds like some man to start a podcast now, did not it? Can't wait. Um, <laughs> I think... I think it'll be I think it'll be along the lines of the last game in terms of entertainment and drama. I think we'll pull away. I think we'll win four one. Oh, very nice. I'd love that. Take that all day long, Samari. Same as last night for me, three one. Um I think we'll go three 0 up and they will get a ridiculously outrageous non penalty given by VAR. So not only will we win, we'll go through, we'll then have something else to <sighs> Perfect. Totally that complain about. Box office. That is the dream. The phrase, you need to complain about these things when you win. I like that. I always like that. It's so. the very definition of having your cake and eating it is ah. winning with, in spite of refereeing decisions. Dermot Gallagher on Sky Sports doing whatever he does. <laughs> and he says, I'm, I'm still absolutely perplexed as to why this was offered. <laughs> and we just sit back, cross our arms and smile at the screen. Definitely. What's your prediction, Barry? Uh, I think it'll be... If I was a betting man and I am, I would be having a bet on both teams to score. Both teams to score and Celtic to win. So that's the most you're getting from me. Sounds good. Uh, just a quick message before we finish off with a game. And I know you two love the game. Um, yeah. Quick mention of Angie's 100th game. Um, I liked the Green Brigade banner last night. Um, any particular highlights from those 100 games? If, that was, if you had to pick your best moment out of the 100 games, what would it be? I'd I've sprung this on you. But. Struggle to think of a better memory in not even in Angie's time, just in the last however many years going to Celtic Park, um, than when we beat Rangers three nothing midweek, couple of beers. Um genuinely just one of the it'll be one of the Celtic memories I'm talking about in twenty, thirty years and every you'll say it to someone and they'll immediately go, Yep, I remember that, whether they were there or not. It was just incredible. And yeah, it's gonna be that the discussion is gonna to have to become that my taking that game out like who's the best Celtic player in your lifetime right. except Henrik I think it was a sort of coming of age of the team wasn't yeah. it because we were obviously impressed we'd obviously won the cup a couple of months before that and that, I would give a special mention to that uh, the Hibs game um, just for getting the first trophy and the way that Kyogo sort of took over uh, took centre stage but I think the team that night we we hadn't beaten Rangers um, mm-hmm. under Ange and to do it in such a manner and all the goals in sort of fairly quick succession but so man is that what you were going to say as well? Aye probably the, the drunkest support I've ever seen in my life I don't know maybe the, the, the League Cup final kind of <laughs> I didn't have a ticket unfortunately for that but that, from the videos and from the reports yeah. that was up there but um, that night everyone was absolutely rocking you know, good natured though. You know, everybody was. It was just everybody was up for it. You could feel it in the air. There was something special, and it was almost that moment where, if you weren't a believer, you were after that game. That, that, that was it. You know, I think he'd be already. It'd be unfair to say that's the game that converted. I think most people were starting to understand what we were trying to do and where we were going, what we were looking to achieve. That game convinced. Probably the most of the support that we, we could do it this season, not next. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a that's great the point. point now. Absolutely, definitely. And I think, as you say, like the the support stood up and were counted that night. <sighs> um, and yeah, and you could see how much it meant to the players and Ange going around the pitch that night. Um, so yeah, a, a worthy <coughs> choice, I would say. It was like I'm trying to 
curry favour with Samani here, so I'm going to try and talk about boxing, which I know nothing about. So this will end well. It's like we threw our best punch, but Rangers also walked right into it. Oh, nice. Does that work? Oh, dear. That's lovely. <laughs> uh-huh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give him much further. Dismissive, unbelievable. You should get it on a, a template on your wall. <laughs> love, uh, laugh, love. Love, laugh, love. Rangers walked into it like a punch. Yes. Right, so to finish off, we will have the usual um, team selection game and I've chosen Celtic v Hearts from the 29th of August 1999 um, and we'll start with Sermani, so we're... It was at Celtic Park, oh, right, okay. Celtic v Hearts, 29th of August and if you see a sub, even if they never come on, you'll, you'll still get it, so whoever was in the match day pool... Okay, so just start naming players. Yes, we'll go one at one and one. You get two lives. Viduka. Correct. Johnny Gould. Correct. Larson. Correct. Mark Reaper. Incorrect. Good start. Maravchik. Correct. Paul Lambert. Oh, incorrect. Come give me a couple more and see how you go on. Berkovich. Yes. Reseth. No Reseth. So, just to go through the team then, so we had Gould. Stefan Bonnie's in there. No, he's not. Mahi. <laughs> Let yes. me see if I can do more. Yeah. Right, so let's go for, we'll see if we can get the whole team. So I'll just sit here. Gould. You've got Mahi. McNamara. Yes. Mialbi. Yes. <laughs> Feel free to join us, Alan, if you want. Stubbs. <laughs> Stubbs, yep. Yeah. I, I was literally sitting in half. So you've got the front two as well, and you've got Maravchik. That's his dead air. Berkovic. Berkovic, well done. Mm. I'm surprised there's some players here that you wouldn't necessarily think. Butchel came on. We'll just go through it quickly then. So Gould, Mahe, McNamara, Stubbs, Larson, Burley, Burley. Berkovic, Tebley, Maravchik, Mialbe, Viduka. Um, and this was a game where I think it's been spoken about on pods before where Larson and Viduka were incredible together um, they both scored and Berkovic got two um, four na- the four, ah, right. four did, did we not beat them we beat them twice at Celtic Park that season yeah <sighs> a bonus point Alan you <laughs> might get this what oh, did Lubomir Moravchik do that is still talked about in this very game oh is this the one where he trapped him always ass it was indeed mm. I know. Anything. I always get the ones right about a player's ass. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not so much their names. Right, I think we'll end it there. So it's been a pleasure to host you two. Oh, and great, shout yeah. out to our producer, Claire. Um, any further thoughts? No, I've enjoyed it. It's been good fun. Um, me and Samani will convene separately and we'll see what's happening next week. We will award a score out of 10 for your hosting duties. But, uh, I'm giving you that nod and a wink to expect a good one, mate. So. Thank you very much. It's got a zero in it, don't you worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Alan, Samani, thank you. I've been Barry Galhar. This has been the Cynic Weekly, and we'll see you down the road.